Welcome to the Arone Sports Podcast. Listen in as professional handicappers Frank and Rob break down this week's wagers on a game-by-game basis. Tomorrow, the last soccer keep is money. Is there a lot of money to be made in that line of business? Nothing is impossible. You can shear a sheep many times, but skin him only once. Obsession is a young man's game. This is exactly my point. Take it easy, take it easy. Simple, my people, not easy. What's all that about? You're my older brother, and I love you. But don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again. What I think I meant to say was just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. I'm here to give you a show what it's missing. You guys are crazy. You ready? Ready. Set? Set. One, two, three, go! Welcome back to the Your Own Sports Podcast. It is October 30th, 2020. Uh, coming a little late here on a Friday. Been uh, been a busy week. Rob just got back into town from Vegas yesterday. And, uh, yeah, but, so we ended up pushing her back till today. But figured we'd rather get it out late, later so rather than never. So excited to do it. Should be a fun week here other than uh, the handful of COVID stuff we got going on. It makes it kind of tricky with games popping on and off the board here. But, anyway. Let's uh, bring on the other member of the pod from his palatial estate over in Minnetonka. There, how you doing there, Crabber? Yeah, not doing too bad. Back in uh, back in the state of the cold here, that's for sure. Yes, yeah, it's, it's actually warmed up a little bit this weekend. So you caught a break. You missed the worst of it last week. Oh yeah, definitely caught a break. But uh, <laughs> yeah, definitely not a huge fan. That's for sure. Just a little chilly. Yeah. Well, how was uh, how was the Vegas trip? Is it productive at least? Yeah, super busy, super busy. Just uh, a lot of stuff to do. So made a small dent in what needed to be done, but I guess that's better than doing nothing. Yeah, and then you uh, you said you put a few mortgages on the uh, Falcons money line last night. So congratulations, <laughs> release that as your lock of the year. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately that's the opposite. We'll get that. Uh, I guess we'll get that and throw it into the weekend re- recap for that one. All right. Yeah, let's uh, go ahead and segue right into that and do a little weekend recap. The weekend recap. All right, so how did you do in week seven? Uh, yeah, it started off for me pretty well, actually. It was looking pretty good. I have pretty much every opinion I had in the, the early slate of the games around Sunday. It was looking like it was pretty good, so I did fairly well. But then moving into the second half there of the, the late games, the said New England and over, which I talked about last week on the pod, how much I I like those two plays. It just ended up coming up just pretty pretty wrong all across the board. I mean, that over still had a chance to get there a few different times. There's no point scored or I don't think anybody, yeah, no point scored in the fourth quarter. So that was pretty frustrating. But from, from a New England standpoint, it's just, uh, just a terrible side. I thought that was a home run spot for them there at home and they just showed nothing. So there's going to be a team that I'm not going to be backing and probably looking to bet against here moving forward. And then by the couple of plays, one in pretty easy fashion. Pittsburgh, the score is pretty close there. They controlled that game and, and Carolina was pretty much right in it there too, catching more than the touchdown. So. Pretty happy with my other plays. Just that New England game really was my uh, big bugaboo. But how about yourself? Yeah, it wasn't too bad. I did three and two in our five picks, and then my release plays. I went two and one at a unit and a half on the Pittsburgh. It was also my pick of the week, and yeah, they pretty much cruised as an underdog ahead basically the whole game, and uh, ended up hanging on there. So that was nice. Um, just way wrong on the Houston one. Their offense just couldn't keep up with Green Bay's, and that was kind of a blowout. But uh, other than that, yeah, Arizona, I guess, was kind of a coin flip type game, but that's back and forth, catching three and a half is never a bad place to be. So overall, felt pretty good about last week. And, uh, yeah, excited to 
keep her going here. Finally getting on a little run the last couple of weeks, getting her getting her back close to even, which is nice after that horrendous start. So hopefully we can keep it up and and keep going here into the second half of the year. So yeah, it's it's fun. Should be a good slate here this weekend, I think. So let's yeah, go let me, ahead and let me add real quick. I think I did I mentioned about that Carolina Atlanta game last night. Thursday night football, of course, we recorded the pod today, so we missed that game. That was actually one of my stronger plays uh, of the week, or one of my higher opinions for sure. And that Carolina side actually raised to play on it. Just thought that line was too low. I'm surprised it was under a field goal at all. And then the fact that Atlanta was taking heat there, just kind of crazy. So I ended up being a wrong side there as well, but just a pretty frustrating game, I think. But yeah, like I said, I am pretty shocked how low that line was and still kind of pretty shocked even the way the game played out. It just seems to me like that definitely shouldn't have been less than a field goal. And so, uh, yeah, it's kind of crazy there. So I just wanted to touch on that game since I did release a play on it. We didn't get the podcast out early enough. Yeah, absolutely. I was kind of surprised too. I didn't, I didn't play on it or anything, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. It seems like the Falcons did every year where they start off horrendously and are, are dead. And then all of a sudden they'd always rally back to save Quinn's coaching life. And this year they couldn't save that, but it doesn't really matter who's at the helm, I guess. It seems like they, they rally towards the end of the year when I guess they're not technically out of it this year, but pretty up against it at two and six or two and five or whatever the heck they are. So yeah. All right. Um, I think there's a couple getting the best of the numbers. So let's go ahead and do that. Getting the best of the number. All right. So which games in week seven qualified for getting the best of the number? Yeah. We had three games in total for getting the best of the number. Of course, getting the best number just meaning, uh, depending on when you bet it or if you bet it at open or close, depending on which side, you could have, uh, either had a win, push, or loss, depending on when you bet it. So, I, I get first game here, Cincinnati at Cleveland. Actually, I bet both sides of these games. This one I recommended since he minus three. I figured that was a decent bet. And this game opened, uh, sorry, I recommended Cleveland minus three. And this game opened Cleveland three and a half. It came down to three for most of the week and then it kind of jumped back up to three and a half. Towards you know the weekend, this game landed right on three thirty-seven to thirty-four. I know it's kind of crazy how that game ended, but with a missed extra point there. But uh, yeah, end up being where if you could have got either side of that number. So like I said, I bet actually had a win push there, which actually worked out pretty well for me. So again, just a pretty good example of getting the best of number and could have bet it at different times in the week. Uh, and then two more two more examples, both totals. Carolina at New Orleans. This one opened 51 from the total perspective, closed 50. And this one landed right on 51, 27 to 24. If you bet that one earlier before it moved down, if you bet uh, under. And then Pittsburgh, Tennessee, similar example. This one opened 52 and went down to 51 as a closer. And then this one landed at the same, 27, 24. So, uh, again, just kind of depends on when you bet it in the week. It could have had a winner or, or push uh, depending on when. Yeah, absolutely. That sounds good. Um, yeah, let's go ahead and jump right into week eight here, huh? Yeah, let's do it. Let's get her done. All right. Well, on, uh, for our five picks that we do for the pod, last week you went three, one, and one, and I went three and two. So that means you're up first. Why don't you go ahead and kick her off? Yeah, the old, old half point for a push, I suppose, huh? Yeah. So let's see. Yeah, we're going to, like we said, go down the rotation. So I'm going to start here with, uh, Let's see, I'm going to start at the Indianapolis at Detroit here. So my power rating number, Indianapolis minus three, look headlines, which is the week uh, from last week's number before last game was played. We'll use the Westgate like we always do just to get a barometer of how much the line has changed in one week of play. And like I said, I look headline here, Indy minus three, even money. And the Westgate open here, Indy two and a half from the spread, and then the total open 51. 
so I'll preface here. I like the total in this game, and I know a lot of totals. We talk about it, you know, pre-pod here in the prep. It's it's definitely a lot of totals are taking hit under here for sure. Just a lot of it weather related. You know, we're seeing strong winds. We got a lot of rain coming. Uh, other things, uh, obviously, we see that this part of the time of the year as this uh, bad weather comes here across the U.S. But this one, obviously, play, being played in a dome, so this one's not going to get any effect of the weather. So mostly, I won't. I'd be definitely pretty hesitant to play overs just in general here this week. But this game, like I said, being played in a dome this is actually a game I am going to play over. So I'm looking at the over 49 and a half here. It looks like consensus, and to me, it just seems like. Detroit is just a team that can put points up pretty quickly. Their defense isn't very good, and and it always seems like they play higher higher pace of game. And uh, also with India, I feel like they're a little bit overrated from a defensive perspective. It seems like early in the year they played really weak offenses, and they got you know, people are saying they're one of the better defenses in the, in the NFL. Some have them rated number one or two, and I just think they're definitely a middle of the road defense at best. So to me, it feels like a game that's set up to go over. I know that a lot of games in Detroit, just with the Dome, they go over. It just seems like it has a high track record. I think eight of the last nine games have gone over in the in the stadium. It just seems like a, a, a one. It's not one of my stronger plays of the week, one more four or five, but still something I think could definitely look over here. It just seems like a reasonable total under 50. Anything under 50, I think, is a play over. So, like I said, uh, over 49.5, India-Detroit is my play uh, first play here. All right. Well, uh, I'm in action on this one as well. So uh, we'll get get one for both of us out of the way here early. Um, yeah, I, not surprisingly, I didn't really like this team coming into the season at all. I thought they were overvalued by some people picking them to win the division, but I'm going to be on Detroit again here. Um, I don't know how many weeks in a row that is, at least, at least three. The old Detroit Packer. Yeah, or maybe, no, yeah, no, four in a row here. I think ever since we've been doing these five, this five pick format, I've been on Detroit every single week, and it's kind of funny because I'm not even really in love with Detroit. I just think that the numbers are, are kind of ridiculous on them every week, so I guess I must just like them more than the market does. Um, yeah, you got Indy coming off a buy here, which you know, is, is obviously a pretty pretty good spot. Or you know, you 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 would think give them a little bit of rest and time to prepare would be a good thing. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Just if you look at Indy and you kind of do a little revisionist history, like you said at the beginning of the year when their defense was rated number one in DVOA and everybody was talking about how great Indy was, I think that was more so just uh, like building up a sample size and more of an understanding of who these teams are than an actual, um, like, uh, you know, assessment of how good their defense was. When you look back on it, it's like, okay, the first three games they played the Jags, the Vikings, and the Jets, who you know, I've been making the case for the Vikings to be a little bit undervalued, but uh, they really haven't shown that too, too much. And then the Jags and the Jets are two of the worst three teams, if not the worst two teams in the league. Uh, then you go and they they won at the Bears, which looked pretty good, but the Bears kind of got exposed a little bit as as a fraud against the Rams last week, and then they lost to the Browns in a game that I think they definitely should have lost. And then uh, you know the Bengals, they were down big before the bye, and they came back and snuck that game out, but could have very easily lost that game too. So when you look at their their most impressive performance, it's probably that Bears game. I mean, that's nothing. Or, or the Vikings, if you give them any credit still. But it's really not not a murderer's row by any means. And I think they're an okay team. But like you said about the defense, I think they're kind of a middle-of-the-road team. Uh, you know, 4-2 record, I'd say that's maybe a little high, I'd say, at the end of the year. I peg them as a 8-8, eight and 9-7 eight, and seven type team. Uh, I think Phil Rivers has looked very, very pedestrian at best. And 
wouldn't be surprised at all if he has a couple turnovers in this game. And Detroit, meanwhile, um, you know, you, you, you can do A equals B, B equals C, you know, A equals C type deal all day long and, and kind of drive yourself crazy. But, you know, even like you said about the Falcons, it seems like they keep taking steam from sharp money and they have been ahead of basically a bunch of bunch of games this year and blowing it. And then last week, same thing, Lions came back and beat the Falcons. So, um, you know, we maybe give them a little bit more credit for that win after the Falcons go and beat Carolina on the road on a short week this week. But it just seems like the Lions have been in a lot of competitive games. Um, outside of that time where they got blown out by the Packers, every other game they've been in, they've either won handedly like they did against Jacksonville or, uh, won close games against like the Cardinals and Falcons and then lost a close one against the Saints, which I think are all, you know, somewhere between give or end that one that they blew to the Bears late. So, I mean, I think their schedule is significantly tougher than the Colts schedule and, uh, you know, they're three and three themselves. So I think after back to back wins on the road, you could say maybe it's a little bit of a flat spot coming home, but when you're three and three and you need this game to keep up pace with the Bears and the Packers in the division, I don't think it's going to be much of a flat spot. And I think Detroit's, I mean, you look at DVOA, they're 18th defensively, 18th offensively, so they're just, you know, a little slightly below average team on a balanced team. And I would say that's that's probably about right. And you look at Indy, and they're 22 offensively and four defensively, and I think that offense is pretty spot on. And I definitely would take Detroit's offense over Indy's, but I think the defense is still overvalued, like you said. So if you knock them down for that and say they're closer to, you know, middle of the road, then you're getting a better offense with Detroit. You're getting the home field advantage, and you're getting three points. So to me, it's a it's a slam dunk here on Detroit, and I think this is going to be a close game. So kind of like I was talking about Arizona with Seattle last week, it's like if you're getting a field goal, and what I think is pretty much a coin flip game, just come down to the end, just give me the points all day long. So Detroit plus three is my first pick. Where are you going for your second one? All right. Yeah, it looks like yeah, three is probably a consensus. I know it's kind of a split line, two and a half and three with extra juice on Detroit, but I think yeah, you can probably take a three there. Um, let's see. Let's go to the next one. I'm going to be at uh, New England Buffalo is my next game looking at. Power rating here, Buffalo minus six. Look headline, Buffalo two and a half. Westgate open, Buffalo three and a half. And the total here open, 44 and a half. I mean, this one's pretty simple. I mean, obviously, like I said, New England's one of my strongest plays last week, and they couldn't have looked more flat in a in a home run spot there, situation spot. Everything was just really good for them, and, and they just couldn't have looked any worse. Now, granted, it's just one game. I get that. But the problem is it's when they've done that multiple times, look flat like that. That's To me, that's a, a big sign of a, a bigger concern in, in the organization and, and, the, and everything else going on there. So, uh, to me, this is a, a pretty good spot here for Buffalo. I know you're getting losing some value for sure. Obviously, the look headline two and a half. Now you're paying looks like four is the consensus. But like I said, my power rating, my numbers come in here higher. I think this should be closer to a field goal, or sorry, closer to a touchdown rather than closer to a field goal. So again, not not in love with the number. I think you're losing a little value, but I, I just feel like New England's offense isn't working right now, and they just have they're struggling and just look you know pretty atrocious. And and there's really nothing that was even close there. Cam looked like he was super uncomfortable. Just couldn't make any throws. It looks like either he's injured or just completely lost it. And either way, it doesn't seem like something's going to fix overnight. So again, I know it's kind of a 180 from last week, but it just they were so horrendous from from such a good spot. Like I said, it just looks like you know, it seems like it's going to be pretty tough to come around. So again, don't like the number, but yeah, Buffalo minus four here. It's going to be my second play, and I just feel like Buffalo is is in a is a team that's kind of been 
been in some pretty rough spots here the last several weeks. You, know, you could argue the last three weeks have been some really rough spots with scheduling and the whole COVID stuff and having to deal with different games. So I think you can kind of give them somewhat of a pass and excuse because before then they were playing pretty well. So I feel like this is a, a game that they're going to get back on track and be able to win this game by a you know, touchdown or more. So, yeah, give me Buffalo here laying points, even though I don't like doing that a whole lot, especially at – but, you know, one thing is they're at home, and like I said, against New England, their situation. So, yeah, Buffalo minus four here. Yeah, I thought Buffalo just – I don't have any play on this game, but just quickly, I thought Buffalo was a little overvalued earlier in the season, but I, I kind of agree with you here. I think this number is a little low just because they're respecting Belichick, but I just think this is a different team than all those teams they've had before. So I like that one. Um, my second one here is it's in that Minnesota-Green Bay game that's not – Kind of, been, it's been on and off the board with COVID issues with the Vikes. But do you want to read your numbers for that, and I'll just go off the, the last available lines. Yeah, my power rating here: Green Bay minus eight. Look headline: Green Bay minus seven. Uh, the Westgate opener before they took it off was Green Bay seven and a half, and obviously that came down. And then the total here opened fifty-five. All right, and the total, like you said, it got knocked down with the wind, and what's it at? Like fifty and a half, fifty. Uh, yeah, I think before it got taken down, I think 50, 50 is pretty much a consensus, consensus, 50 flat. Okay. So yeah, I'm, I'm bucking the wind. I'm, I'm going to take the over. I know it's been, been bet down for a reason. And a lot of times you want to respect that money, but I don't know. It just seems to me like there's, like I said, do a little bit before the pod and you, know, you might disagree, but it seems like every so often there's a game where the wind just completely kills all action in the game and it's just, run out the clock or the quarterbacks can't throw through the wind and it's just completely stymied and it's just no chance to score. But it seems like way more often than not, the weather gets kind of over-exaggerated and ends up not being nearly as big of a factor as you you would have thought coming in. So I'm going to hope it's one of those times. Um, I expect this number might might even go down further if, if the weather report continues to be the same once the game gets back on the board. But I'll go ahead and play at 50 here since that's uh, the last thing we saw. And, I mean, just look at, the like, the Packers are just an absolute dead nuts over team. Uh, going back to DVOA, fourth in offense, uh, 22nd in defense, and they've just been in a bunch of shootouts. And uh, Packer, I mean, Rodgers just seems like he's back in his top top level form and, and their defense, you know, their, their, uh, their second cornerback, was it uh, King, he's, he's going to be out. And they just haven't really been able to stop people that much, uh, basically all year. I guess last week they did keep Houston somewhat in check, only giving up 20. But other than that, um, it's been pretty ugly. They've just been in a bunch of shootout games with a lot of their games being in the 60s or a couple in the 70s. And then you look at the Vikings and, you know, Zimmer's defense just hasn't, hasn't worked too well so far this year. And with Hunter out and now Ngakwe being gone. And then Dantzler on the COVID list, and um, Hill's going to be out, and Hughes is out at cornerback. So you got cluster injury at cornerbacks, and I mean it seems like Rodgers just torches the Vikings defense every time when they're they're healthy. Let alone when you're <laughs> playing third and fourth stringers at cornerback, third and fourth stringers at D end. I mean all the guys on the line right now are just nameless basically. So I. Not a doubt in my mind, regardless of what the weather's doing, that Green Bay's going to put up, you know, 30 points, I would say, 28 for sure, in my opinion. And then you look at the Vikings side, <clears throat> and I think, um, you know, their, their offense has been hit or miss, and their line's still a little scary, but you would think, 
especially coming out of the bye, they're they're going to be a little sharper. And you still got Jefferson, you still got Thielen, Cook coming back, so this should be uh, should be able to be a little bit more effective and against a pretty spotty Packers offense. I think it's going to be a try to keep up scoring wise type of game. And again, you look at the Viking scores and. You know, it's 63 points, 53, 54, 61. It's just last time they played earlier this year, 43, 34. And, you know, you can say a couple of those are phony. Like even against the Falcons, I think you had an over on the Vikes game and they scored two or three touchdowns late, which put that over. So you could say, well, you know, if the Falcons just run that out, that drastically changed it. And that's absolutely a fair argument, but it just seems like with the Vikings, either they'll be – um, you know, they'll be effective early and it'll be a higher scoring game or you got cousins in garbage time coming back to pad his stats meaninglessly. So it seems like no matter which way this game plays out, it, there's going to be some points. The only, the only thing that would give me cause other than the weather would be if the Vikings somehow are like are running the ball effectively and Zim just goes into the bye says we're one in five. We need to get back to the smash mouth offense run the ball with cookie and and burn the clock and just refuses to open it up after they tried to open it up play one last time against the Falcons and Kirk threw the interception to backfired. That would be my, my hesitation, but I just think there's just so many, so many avenues for this game to get over and there's not a whole lot of situations where it stays under. So I'll, uh, gladly accept the, the movement down and take the, the extra few points and go ahead and take over 50 here. Where are you going next? All right. Um, I can't say I agree a whole lot there, but I don't have a play on it. So let's see. I'm going to say let's go to my next game, which is going to be Tennessee at Cincinnati. My power in here, Tennessee minus 5.5. Look headline, Tennessee minus 4. Westgate open, Tennessee 3.5 from the side and 54.5 from the total. And uh, here I'm going to the side. I'm going to be taking the points here with Cincy. I just feel like this is an overreaction. Uh, seeing some steam here within the last day or two here on Tennessee. This was sitting five and a half, six, about a day and a half ago. Now in the last day we've been seeing a lot of steam here. Tennessee pushing this up to seven. And to me that's just – I already, already liked it a little bit at six and had a bet on it, but now I'm going to be betting again here at seven. It just feels like it's – Pretty ridiculous. I know it might have to be a little bit to do with Mixon, but I think he's been underwhelming now that he's declared out here as of this morning. But I just feel like he's been pretty underwhelming and all together. I don't think – and sometimes it's almost a benefit when you have a big back – or not a big back, but a back that you've spent a lot of money on and you know extended their contract, paid a lot of money. You're kind of – and you got a young quarterback. It's almost like, oh, you got to use this person that we signed cause to make it worth worthwhile in a sense from a team perspective that we use this much money. And you gotta you know get your workhorse going, kind of like you see Elliott in, in Dallas. It just seems like you're kind of almost handcuffed a little bit. Uh, kind of similar maybe in Cleveland with OBJ. I think kind of something similar where you just gotta get to your you know quote unquote playmaker. So I think if anything, not, not necessarily it's gonna be a positive. But I don't think it's gonna be the negative like maybe the markets are trying to say here. I think Burrow will be able to open it up a little bit more, and I think nothing else. He's been able to a, a good dog here for sure, being able to keep games close. So I think getting at home here with getting seven, it just seems like a, a spot where they should be able to keep it close. And you look at Tennessee side. I mean, every game they have, it's a, it's a field goal game. It seems like so. It just they play close games, and I think they've been they're probably a little bit overvalued here at, at this point. And even last game, whether we talked about in the, in the uh, first segment here of the show, Tennessee at Pittsburgh, it just seemed like, you know, look at the final score, a three-point game. But, I mean, if you watch that game from start to finish, I mean, Tennessee really had no business even being close in that game. So Pittsburgh really dominated that game from start to finish. 
And even though they should they could have tied there with that missed field goal, it just really was a misleading final. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Cincy here plus seven it seems like it's way too rich here. It seems like this is a, a good play here, getting the points. Uh, Cincy at home plus seven. Yeah, um, got to play on that game as well, and we are on the same side. Uh, yeah, there's no <laughs> no way I was gonna be after I've been railing on Tennessee all year. There's no way I was gonna be laying seven with them on the road, but I, I don't. I don't understand this. It doesn't. I mean, doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Uh, Tennessee, despite like Tannehill putting up the numbers he has and and having a five and one record, they just don't strike me as a team that's going to be blowing people out. I mean, they you look at them and they again, I've done this basically every week, but they just they just got a bag full of magic beans and they kind of ran out last week, even though they've made it close to and a respectable loss, which I think was actually preferable for us because it just kind of keeps up the the facade that they're a top-notch team in a lot of people's eyes. And you look at it, week one beat the Broncos by two, easily could have lost. Week two, they beat the Jags by three, even though that was they beat them by more. They should have lost the Vikes in week three and one by one. That Bills with the weird COVID situation on a Tuesday where the Bills weren't even sure who they were playing, they ended up blowing them out, which is their one good win now. Then the Texans in overtime when they should have lost and definitely shouldn't have covered. And then the Steelers last week where they got blown out and ended up losing by three. So when you look on that and there's one game where they would have covered by more than seven, and that was a super weird COVID game. So despite their five and one record, uh, you know, it's just, they're just not a team that's, I don't think that good, but just definitely not a team that's, you know, like the Chiefs or something that's going to go up there and blow teams out. And their defense has just been, been pretty bad for the most part this year, uh, given up. You know, 30 points every other game. Uh, it's just very, you know, the, yeah, 30, 30, 36, 27. So, I mean, they've given up 30, close to 30 points in four of their six games this year. And, um, yeah, I don't know. Their defense is rated number three in DVOA. I mean, their offense is third in DVOA, which I, I don't think they're that good. I think Tannehill's playing above his head. And I think a run oriented team with Henry is just not going to be a, a top caliber offense in today's NFL. And then you look on the other side, the Bengals, they're 1-5-1. One, and one. So you say, okay, total bottom feeder. But you look at their games, they lose to the Chargers by three, Browns by five, tie the Eagles, beat the Jags fairly handedly. They got blown up by the Ravens, which is the one like negative plot point. And they lost by four to the Colts when they were way ahead and blew it. And then they lost to the Browns last week in kind of a back-and-forth game by three. So, I mean, there's, there's one game all year where they went to covered seven. Tennessee has one game all year where they would have covered seven. And the the only thing that really gives me pause here is, I guess, Tennessee, you could kind of correlate to the Ravens, you know, a pretty good running team. But I just think the Ravens' defense is so much better, and that's Burrow had tons of problems against the Ravens' defense, obviously only putting up three points, where I don't think he's going to have trouble against this Tennessee team. So to me, this kind of has the makings of a, I don't want to say like a huge shootout, but a kind of more of a ball control shootout where the defenses aren't going to be super effective. And I don't know if the scoring is going to necessarily be super high because I don't think the they're going to play at a really fast pace, but I don't think either team is going to have a whole lot of trouble with the opposing defense. So in this situation, I think it's basically the records are pretty just misleading and people had Tennessee overvalued kind of come into the season and, and so far. So sure, maybe the Titans will pull another last second win by four, even if they win overtime by six like they did a couple weeks ago, you're still covering the number getting the seven here. So, uh, yeah, I think Burrow's been pretty impressive, and I think seven's just too many points. So I totally agree with you there. 
All right, is that uh, my cue to go to my next play, or you got something <laughs> yep. else? Yep. <laughs> All right. Go ahead. Um, I, I will say real quick on that game, I I feel like this is just like it might be injury-related, something else getting up to seven, but to me it just seems like the seven can't hold. So I, I feel like this is a game you got to bet here sooner because it seems like it's it's going to close in the six, you know, six range or something back where it was or six and a half. So just an FYI on that game, I feel. Um, yeah, let me go to my fourth game here. Now, unfortunately, the next couple games are – a little bit difficult, kind of like the Minnesota Green Bay game with this COVID news. I, I, honestly, it seems like every week the games that I'm, you know, my stronger opinion seems like the ones that just, it's not like they like have a strong opinion and all of a sudden the game's not up there from the start. It's like, no, I have a strong opinion when I go through my numbers here earlier in the week. And then by the time I do the podcast, when I already have my numbers, you know, who I, you know, kind of plot out who I want and stuff. And then it gets to the podcast time. It seems like there's a, a COVID scare. It always pops up. It seems like it happens every week. But, um, and then the numbers get pulled off. So we're, just an FYI, not trying to do it on purpose, but at the end of the day, you know, if you have an opinion, you gotta, you know, you gotta stick with it. So, um, so I'm, with that being said, I'm going to the Chargers Denver, uh, Denver game here. My power rating here, Chargers minus three. There's no look headline available that I could find. This game open to pick them on the total. You're open 45. Uh, of course, like I said, there's uh, some news from the Denver locker room that, uh, you know, some COVID news. So they canceled practice. I think with today, so you know, postpone it. So we'll we'll see what happens with that. But I mean, unless there's a huge outbreak or something like we talked about pre pod, it seems like you know they're going to reschedule the game. At that point, your bet would most mostly be refunded at most shops. So I think it's pretty fair to say that you can just go with the number that was off, and unless there's a bunch of news that should come back, hopefully, like it was pretty much what you know, go back to the same number that it started at here before it got taken off the board. But Right now I'm seeing three, a little bit extra juice on the Chargers, and, and I, I definitely like the Denver side here, getting three at home. And don't get me wrong, I've been pretty impressed with with, with Herbert and, and the Chargers. They've been pretty pretty good. I think this is a whole different spot here for them, and you know, as opposed to being a dog, that's seems like the spot you want the Chargers. We've been saying that for years on the podcast, and that's when you want the Chargers as a as a as either a road dog or home dog, something like that, where they're getting points and, and able to backdoor or whatever else. But this is just a whole different role for them. Going on the road to Denver and altitude, it just seems like, and then laying more, a field goal or, or more, it just seems like a a pretty tall t- tall order for the, the rookie quarterback in this team, especially with a coach I'm not a very big fan of. So I'll take Denver here as a bounce-back spot, give me the three points, and it just seems like this, like I said, is going to be more of a, a slow-paced game and a, a grind away close game. And I think this, I, I definitely like the, the opener more than the current number as a pick em. So, uh, like I said, I feel like this game's a, a bet on anything at three or above. And right now you're getting three with some extra juice uh, on Chargers. You're getting three, you know, even money or so on Denver. Was, is, and that's a line that's available now. So it's not like I'm just saying that from the lines of before. I, there's a few books that you can still bet that at. So it's not as widely available as I like it, but still uh, definitely bettable at a few shops. So we'll see, uh, see what happens with this number, but. Yeah, right now, uh, at the current uh, time and day, I definitely like Denver plus three, and that'll be one of my picks as well. All righty. Um, my next one is in that Las Vegas-Cleveland game. All right. So let's see. i got to go back up the board a little bit here. So, yeah, my power rating here, Cleveland minus three. Look headline, Cleveland three minus 120. Westgate open from a side was Cleveland three and the total was 55 and a half. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I like Cleveland in this one. I, is it my favorite pick of the week by any means? Cause I, I think it seems to me like in, in general, like big picture, I think Cleveland potentially could be a little overrated, but it seems like I did like, even like the five and two record people talking about them as a, a fair, like a, 
not top top tier team, but like a well above average team. And I don't even know if necessarily are, but I think I'm lower on the Raiders than most people are. Um, you know, they beat the Chiefs a couple weeks ago, which is pretty impressive, but I, I don't know. There's just something about the Raiders that I'm just not ready to buy in. Uh, I don't know if it's just not a Carr Gruden fan or what, but it, it just seems like here in a, under a field goal when you're pretty much asking them to just win the game. Uh, it just seems to me like I'm going to take Cleveland. I just don't think OBJ, as good as he is, just never really seemed to get going on the offense. I don't think it's even really that big of a loss other than maybe a distraction factor. And I've never, I haven't been a big Mayfield fan, but I think, I mean, with, with OBJ out, it seems like he's, he was better. I don't know if that was just randomness or if there's any reasoning behind that, but. Well, you look at Cleveland and, and, you know, they've, they've had a couple of, you know, shootout wins against questionable teams, but they've, you know, they beat the Bengals and the Colts and the Cowboys and Washington and the Bengals again. So nothing super impressive. And then they got grilled by the Steelers and Ravens. So I think it seems like they're kind of a team that does pretty good against bad teams and probably can't compete against the upper echelon is kind of my read on them. So then it's like, okay, well, now what do you think of the Raiders? And like I said, they've beat the Chiefs and Saints, which are fairly good wins. And even the Panthers in week one kind of looks a little bit better. But then they've also, they got killed by the Pats and they lost to the Bills at home. And then they got killed by the Bucks at home. So I think the jury's kind of out on them too. So both of these teams, I think it's kind of what's your, what's your read on them from a, you know, an eye test perspective more or less. And there's just, I don't, I don't know, there's something about Oakland that just isn't all that appealing to me. So. And this this spot, I, I would have thought Cleveland would have for sure been three, and so this is just kind of a number play as much as anything. That that below a field goal, this just seems seems like it's too good to pass up. Um, you look at I'm trying to see where. Oh yeah, it's LV. I, I, I always look for Oakland whenever I'm looking for stuff, and it always throws me off. But yeah, according to DVOA, Oakland or Las Vegas has the ninth best offense, and to me. I don't know. It just doesn't see that. It just seems to me like that's not right. It doesn't really match up to me. And then they got the 31st best defense. So I think along with, like I said, with those teams, uh, when, when Cleveland's got killed by the Ravens and Steelers, I think the common thread there is two pretty good defenses that make Baker uncomfortable. And to me, he just seems like a front runner where if he's comfortable, able to do what he wants and doesn't have super tight windows for throws, he can put up a good amount of points and he, you know, he gets a swag going and he could be kind of obnoxious, but is a pretty good quarterback. Whereas if you make him uncomfortable and, and hit him a lot and, and move him around, I think he kind of, he kind of wilts under the pressure. The Raiders don't do that whatsoever. So I think Cleveland's going to put up a decent amount of points in this game. And then it's just a matter of if you trust Las Vegas's offense to keep up with them. And I, I just don't really see it. Um, I don't think Cleveland's defense is incredible by any means but i think they're significantly better than than the vegas defense so i'm gonna go ahead in a spot here um cleveland you know they're at five and two but in the division with baltimore at five and one and pittsburgh at six and oh like they're not gonna i don't think they're gonna take games for granted and, and uh come out with a flat spot uh so i think you're gonna it's not like it's a huge spot advantage by any means for the raiders in my opinion even though they did just come off getting blown out so Maybe a, like a very slight edge to spot wise for the Raiders, but I just think the Cleveland's a somewhat significantly better team. So Cleveland two and a half here for me. Where where are you looking for your last one? Yeah, I'm gonna finish off my card here. Uh, like I said, definitely not the strongest of cards. I know last week I liked the card a lot, and this one not so much. But That's I will funny. finish I'd off. Say I love this card. It's kind of funny. 
Yeah. But usually we're usually, you know, fairly uh, on board with the same, whether it's the same exact plays or not, but kind of uh, agree whether we really like it or really don't. So it's kind of interesting that this week we don't uh, agree on that. Yeah, and then the last two games out of the ones I have to choose from are the you know, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, Tampa Bay, New York Giants. It's uh, and the first out of the two was something I definitely was looking at, but just the number I, I couldn't get there with the, with the current number. So this one, uh, the second one's also a little bit of a, a COVID game. It's gonna be a little bit harder to find, but it is Monday Night Football. Tampa Bay at New York Giants. Uh, my power rating here: Tampa Bay ten and a half. Look headline: Tampa Bay eight and a half. The Westgate Open: Tampa Bay ten. Uh, total, I wasn't able, uh, let, that's, uh, don't have that. I'm not sure I didn't look for that, I guess. Um, anyway, so I'll just ignore that because I'm betting the side. Um, obviously here, I'm not going to be laying this many points on the road, so it's pretty simple, basic handicap, but, uh, definitely, definitely still a play. It's going to be the Giants. Looks like 13 is, uh, I'll just do 12 and a half just to make it fair because I know there's, uh, with the way the, the lines are right now with, with COVID on this game, so we'll just grade it at 12 and a half. Uh, with the Giants, but it just to me, it's, it's pretty much just a bet against Tampa Bay. I just feel like this is this game's priced like they're you know one of the best teams in the in the NFL, and I just feel like they've been overrated from the start of the season, and they've lived up to their expectations. Don't get me wrong, Brady's looked pretty good. He's been making some downfield throws last week, so you know give him credit. But I, I just feel like this is kind of an exhale type of game after everyone's given a bunch of hype and everything else going on in that locker room. Everyone's talking about how you know Brady's the best QB and everything's working out. Gronk's now getting involved in the in the offense, and just everything's going right there. Uh, I just feel like, and, and then you pretty much got the opposite going for the Giants. So I just feel like, like I said, just a lot of points here and a pretty bad spot here for Tampa Bay to go on the road and, and, and go to uh, to the Giants stadium. It just it just feels like a, a spot here where this is going to be a little bit closer of a game than someone would expect. So, yeah, if you can give me anything over 10 points, I'm definitely going to be looking at the Giants here. And like I said, 12 and a half, that's uh, good enough of a take for me. So. I'll, I'll be betting that. I'm going to be kind of waiting to see where this number goes and see if I can sneak out a 14 before before close because, again, it's kind of a dead area there between 11, 12, 13. All those are, for the most part, dead numbers, So, you know, especially 11.5, 12.5, somewhere in there. So hopefully you can get a 14. That would be ideal if it keeps getting bet that way. I just don't know if it will or not, so we'll kind of keep it keep and watch. But, uh, like I said, for podcast purposes, I'm going to be taking the Giants plus 12.5 for my fifth pick here. All right. Um... Yeah, my last game is in the New Orleans-Chicago game. All right. Looking to you look down towards the bottom of the card at all, huh? You kind of stop there? <laughs> no, I just yeah, I, I kind of like like Baltimore a little bit, but and I, I don't know. There's a lot of like the both the night games are just not that appealing to me with double digits where I don't really – I hate – I don't really like either underdog and I don't totally trust either favorite. I don't like land points in general. So those are kind of easy stayaways for me. And then, yeah, I don't know. The rest of it's just not, not that appealing either. So yeah, got, so got me, enough I like right here. Yeah, there you go. Um, so what, what game, what game was it again? You said, uh, New Orleans, Chicago, New Orleans, Chicago. Okay. So I thought power rating, New Orleans, three and a half. Look at line, New Orleans, three, even money. Westgate open here in New Orleans, two. And that was before. Uh, Monday Night Football, of course, Chicago played Monday Night Football against the Rams, and that one. Uh, so yeah, before that game, it opened New Orleans two on the side, and the total opened 47. And then Tuesday morning, after that game was played in Chicago, uh, or with Chicago, I should say, that uh, reopened New Orleans four, so a two point adjustment towards New Orleans, and then the total went down a point and a half to 45 and a half. Yeah, um, I, I just don't think that that's warranted that move. I like Chicago quite a bit here. I, Getting four and a half, or so he's some fives, or I, 
Chicago money line looks pretty good to me. I, I don't, I'm not a believer in the Bears. Like, I don't think they're a great team. I think five and two is probably uh, a better record than, than the team that they are. But I mean, you look at them this year and other than last week where they, they got the blow, doors blown off for the most part uh, against the Rams on Monday Night Football there, but they still only lost the game by 14. And I, I mean, they've just been playing close games all year long. Uh, I mean, they, they lost to the Colts in a pretty ugly game by eight a few weeks ago, and those are their their two losses. So I mean, 14 and eight, and their their worst case scenario games, and all the other games, they've they've won they've won close. So it's not like they've been blowing teams out. I don't think they're an impressive team, but they have a pretty good defense. Their defensive line, even though they lost like last week, was pretty effective uh, against the Rams for the most part. I thought, and I think they'll be able to to get after Breeze a little bit, especially at home on the grass. And then you got New Orleans, who's historically, even at the peak of their powers, just an awful road team outdoors. And Breeze, even in his prime, had troubles, you know, going to Carolina or playing playing outdoors. And then you look at uh, the New Orleans side of the equation, and they they looked really good week one against the Bucks, but that's when they had uh, Michael Thomas and were at full strength. And since then, they've lost the Raiders. They got beat handily by the Packers. They came back and beat the Lions in Detroit in a game that they're down a bunch early. They snuck by the Chargers by three in a game they should have lost, and then they beat the Panthers last week when the Panthers missed that 60-yarder to tie it up by three. So why is New Orleans getting the credit to go on the road and win against a competent team with a pretty good defense here by four and a half, five? I just I don't see it at all. Um, like I said, this – this seems like a line if if Breeze was still playing at the top top tier. But you look, New Orleans has cluster injuries at wide receiver with Thomas still out. You know he was getting in fights with teammates or whatever and demanding a trade. And I don't know what's going on there, but some locker room issues. And then Callaway, who was kind of a no name wide receiver who was actually starting last week, he's out now. So they're going to have like Traquan Smith and Deontay Harris maybe, and just no name guys that. Won't even normally see the field, and then they got Breeze, who's pretty much shot, and can't throw the ball down the field, and then uh, Jared Cook and and obviously Kamara. But it's like, okay, well, if you got a pretty good Bears defense and they just focus on stopping Kamara, I feel pretty good about the rest of those guys not beating you or bringing in Taysom Hill or whatever they're going to do. So when you're asking that team type of team to win by margin on the road, I just I don't see it. Um, obviously, the Chicago offense has looked pretty abysmal for a while but I mean two weeks ago they they went into uh Carolina and beat the Panthers that looked like a real real good win and I don't I'm not expecting Nick Foles to move the ball up and down the field by any means but you know if he can put up 20 points which I think is a pretty fair thing to ask I think I don't think New Orleans is going to score more than 24 so I think it's a, a kind of a I don't want to say a coin flip game but I could absolutely see it going either way so to me, this line should be closer to like pick them. I just think there's a ton of value on Chicago here. And I think a little bit, like you said, the New England mine line might be a little bit lower just based on reputation and giving Belichick credit. I think this is absolutely, you know, partially a play against Chicago, like we said, with that overreaction to last week and looking so bad against the Rams in primetime, which is almost always a good spot to come back on that team. And I also think that they're a little bit of uh, too much pro New Orleans sentiment. You know, on their reputation too, so I think it's actually kind of a a perfect storm of value here. So yeah, I, I like uh, like Chicago here a lot. Yeah, all right. Just uh, to, to piggyback on that, I definitely am in agreement with that. I bet that yesterday, and 
feel like that's a pretty strong bet, so I'm definitely with you on that one. Okay. Um, yeah, let's go ahead and wrap up the pod here and do our picks of the week. The AS Pick of the Week. All right, so last week you had New England against San Francisco. That dumpster fire, yeah. Yeah. God, was that frustrating. I obviously had them as one of my picks, too, and I didn't end up releasing it but because it, it got steamed up there on game day, but there's a lot of money on the paths. And I already mentioned it. I already mentioned it, but, yeah, like with the total, too, and it's like just give me something New England on the offensive side of the ball. Just do something in garbage time, and the fact that they couldn't do anything, which is like I don't want to belabor it. We already talked about that game in, in somewhat of a length, but it's like, Boy, was that just ultra frustrating. Yeah, and Cam just looks, I don't know if it's post-COVID or or what, but he just looks just horrendous. Like, the guy's breaking fairly open, and he's just nowhere near him. Oh, yeah, it's frustrating. Um, then, like I said, I mentioned earlier, too, my pick of the week was Pittsburgh. They got there pretty easily. So that drops you to 4-2 and two on the year and bumps me up to 4-2 and two on the year. So... Both uh, tied, a couple games above 500. Can't complain about that. Um, yeah, I, I take the tee box back, and I'm going to go with the game I just uh, got done talking about. I'm going to go with the Bears. It looks like uh, four and a half is the prevailing number, so take the Bears plus four and a half for the long soliloquy I just got done uh, going with. What about you? The Bears four, I mean, I think there's, uh, I don't know, I think five and a half is probably more consensus. but Oh, really? What? Maybe uh, my numbers are five or five and a half for sure. Um, maybe just do five to split the difference. All right, yeah, five sounds good. We'll grade it at five. Um, I, I had five and a half, but I think. So yeah, I see that Chicago plus five will be uh, yeah your fifth play as well as the pick of the week. I'm glad you uh, like this card a lot because I was a little afraid you're definitely going to take my play, and I have one that stands out depending you know where the number is and with the COVID situation uh, where I think the market's going to be. There's one play for me where I clearly want to bet it now and. I already mentioned that earlier, and I'm going to be taking that Cinti plus seven. I just feel like this is a pretty good number here, and I, like I said, feel like this is going to close more in that six, six and a half range for sure. So getting value on, or getting line value as well as liking the play quite a bit. Uh, I already talked about it earlier, but yeah, Cinti plus seven will be my pick of the week. All right, that sounds good. Yeah, so I have a couple, if not a couple of them, but I love the Detroit plus three, Cincy plus seven, Chicago plus four and a half, or love all those games getting points. So. Probably get steamroll and go in three, but when you like them that much, but um, should be a fun weekend. Uh, a lot of like a couple of just duds with like you know the Jets, Kansas City with a twenty point spread and those type of games. But two is first game with Miami, the ones that we talked about. Seattle, San Francisco would be kind of interesting. So pretty pretty interesting week of football. Uh, should be a good one to watch. And then heading right into the election next Tuesday should uh, you know pretty. Interesting time of year should be uh, should be entertaining. You yeah, coming over both. to watch the games this week, or you know you know what your plan is? Yeah, I'm gonna try to. I know it's been a little bit of a struggle the last couple of weeks. I've been in town trying to get over there, but definitely the, definitely the plan is to get over there if I can and get uh, get a full sample of the games. But uh, from an election standpoint, yeah, we're both gonna be in action for the election, so that's good. We both got a little wager against uh, the All Father, so we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, got a little. Uh... Well, skin in the game there, so that'll uh, that'll be interesting. Definitely be locked into coverage, and if we do the pod next Wednesday, we might have a winner, might not, depending on if someone's announced uh, election night or not. So that'll be that'll be interesting as well. All right. Well, good luck on your uh, pick of the week. The rest of your bets this weekend. Good luck to everybody else out there, and we'll be back next week. 
Thank you for listening to the Arone Sports Podcast. Check out aronesports.com for all of your sports betting needs, including automatic bet tracking, mobile notifications, free picks, and more.